Okay. <laughs> All righty then. All righty then. We are back with 90s noise. Somebody stop me. <laughs> Look, Ma, I'm right here. Oh my God. All right. <laughs> All right. And so, if you couldn't tell, we are talking Jim Carrey. Specifically, um, touching base on his 1994 movies. We did not do our he... intro. You already jumped what? in the episode. We didn't do our intro. I'm already jumping in. <laughs> I'm Alrighty then. Welcome back to 90s Noise. I'm Ashley, born 1988. I'm April, born 1991. <laughs> and Happy New Year, like officially. Happy happy new year it's officially the new year Yay! 2024 talking about 1994 30 year anniversaries we back we back we back bitches um but yeah so Jim yes. carry oh Jim <laughs> carry okay yes okay i'm i'm running on very little sleep because people were still shooting off fireworks last night so. oh really they always do yeah. that but it was it was so frustrating and so my cat was going crazy she was not happy about that Aww. obviously um but yeah so we are talking jim carrey who in 1994 alone had three major movies come out mm-hmm. three three I don't even remember the order. So it was Ace Ventura that was first, mm-hmm. and then The Mask, and then Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. So actually, funny little story I saw. Um, so he his salary for The Mask was significantly lower because Ace Ventura hadn't come out yet, and mm-hmm. they. They got him for the mask for like cheap for Jim Carrey. And then with Dumb and Dumber, he was able to get like Buku higher because of the fact that Ace Ventura has already, had already come out and was a huge hit. Like it was everybody freaking like that movie was crazy. Yeah, that movie is very quotable. Like, I feel like that one, mm-hmm. I remember having the most impact, I guess, on me. Like, just like my introduction to Jim Carrey and his world and his comedy and the way he was. And so that one, just like rewatching them recently, because I'm going to be honest, I don't think I've seen those, any of those like 90s Jim Carrey movies and probably since the 90s. I so I wasn't allowed to watch Ace Ventura like I think I watched it one time mm-hmm. and it was just so raunchy mm-hmm. well that's the that thing yeah I was like my parents were like no no was this like, a kid's movie <laughs> exactly and so my parents were like no I think we I was like we were in the middle of watching it and they had me like leave the room mm-hmm. or something that makes because sense it would have been while when it was on TV. So this would I would have seen it probably ninety five. So I've been about okay. four. Yeah, you and... were a bit younger for these movies yeah. to be in this time yeah. that they came out. So new. But I do remember watching The Mask mm-hmm. and Dumb and Dumber. Okay, like those were ones that I actually did watch. Didn't understand like half of Dumb and Dumber. 
as a child. Yeah, yeah right. And rewatching The Mask, like you said, I haven't really watched any of those in my yeah. adulthood. And rewatching The Mask, I'm just like, holy shit, like how the how they get by with some of this shit. Well, I know. And I think like the rating was, well, I don't even remember what the rating was actually, but I, I felt I like a lot mask- of it was yeah. a bit like. It was, was it- PG-13. Okay. I was going to say it needed to be at least that rating. Yeah. That would make sense. But it was definitely for, for kind of, I don't even know what their target audience would have been for that movie, but I, I, I do know that that was like those couple movies were like in middle school kids quoting those lines and it just it just being one of those things that you always heard and so you would always go around like yeah righty then and you know just like all these things so it's like okay so we were we were watching them in some respect so I don't know but it's just I don't know I just love Jim Carrey and he's very he's like almost on that same level to me as Robin Williams just his Mm -hmm. his comedy and just the brilliance of his performances and in all three of these movies they're so unique like the characters are all just different Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna be honest I preferred the second Ace Ventura over the first one like I feel like Mm -hmm. the second one just was more memorable to me I think maybe I just watched that one maybe more or I don't know. I, I just didn't really care for the first one as much as the second one. Do you remember the second yeah. one? Oh, the first one's the dolphin one, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I have to say, I don't think I recall the second one as much as the first one. I don't, and maybe it was because of the fact that like, I really wasn't allowed to watch the first yeah. one. Yeah. That I just never got into the second one but I um no I honestly for me like I out of the three like those three the three from 94 uh-huh. the mask was definitely the one that always stood out to me agree um, yeah even sure. even as I grew older and did get to finally watch Ace Ventura it still was the mask the mask was just so classic to me that I uh I don't know. It was just something about it. And like rewatching, rewatching them, um, kind of like, I don't know, Ace Ventura. I just like part of me couldn't like stay focused on it. <laughs> and then Dumb and Dumber, I'm just kind of like, uh, yeah, these are, it's just <laughs> that one was a little, I think maybe too like slapstick in a sense. Yeah, I personally never really got behind Dumb and Dumber. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure I had seen it once, but for me, that comedy or whatever, it just really wasn't my style, at least when mm-hmm. I was younger. And then I know that there was like a big thing when they did the second one, but never I don't think, that. yeah, I'm gonna say I never like rushed to the theaters or whatever to like go see it because it just had mm-hmm. been so long and. Like it's great that they made a second one finally for the fans, but I just think it's it's hard to do that, and it's it's especially because it's the second one was going back in time. It wasn't it wasn't like a continuation. Yeah, exactly. And so I had trouble even comprehending that. (laughs) Um, The biggest thing, like with Dumb and Dumber, I still remember, 
and I think one of the reasons I wanted to watch it was because of the freaking van. Mm. That was like, I mean, you, you look at it, you're like, what the hell? Right? This is so cool. <laughs> like, you don't see that. But otherwise, like I said, like specific scenes stand out from each of these mm-hmm. to me. And I've, I still remember to this day, like, not even that, like from the rewatch, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. But I've, it, there's still scenes in my mind that like just made an impact, I guess. Okay. But this was pretty much my main introduction to Jim Carrey. And with the exception of, honestly, with the exception of probably him as the Riddler mm. in Batman. Batman. I didn't watch a lot of Jim Carrey later on. I've only seen like bits and pieces of Bruce Almighty mm. uh, with him, with uh, Liar Liar. I think I did watch that entire thing all the way through, but uh, once, maybe twice in my entire life. See, I loved Liar Liar because I was honestly like the top of my list. Um, I rewatched that recently, like before we even talked yeah. about doing the Jim Carrey episode. I rewatched that and I, I found that one to be hilarious. I, and yeah. I think I personally, for some reason, remember that role of his a lot, like that movie. I don't know why, because it's definitely less kid friendly. I feel like than some of the other ones, um, cause it's a little bit more focused on like relationships and all of yeah. that, but and- for some reason I like him in that role. And I just, I, for me, like just based off of the 90s in general that for me I love because it's just it's very that puts like all of his stuff together with it's just the mm-hmm. physical comedy and his just improv and craziness I just feel like yeah. that one kind of takes a little I bit do, from everything I do remember like the court scene mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Liar Liar yeah that is one of the few <laughs> things that does stick out and maybe also because like especially now with like memes we see some of these are starting to pop back up yeah Mm -hmm. and but I don't know like I just for me maybe because it was too much more adult relationship based I just didn't as a child um really gravitate towards that and probably because there's no animals in it (laughs) probably (laughs) like you you gotta I mean Okay, yeah, like um, Milo in the mask. Mm-hmm. Milo. I love like, that's like one scene that I always remember. Like, dogs putting the mask on. He's turning into this crazy beast dog. I always love that scene. That one that is hilarious. One, that scene, yeah. But like, I I couldn't stand the Truman Show. Like that was just too out there for me. And see, I don't even know that I ever watched that one. Like, I've heard about it all the time. People always refer to it. You know, they talk mm-hmm. about it. But I don't know that I personally have ever seen it in its entirety. Like, yeah. And I do recall that, like, because of probably these these specific 94 Jim Carrey movies, I do feel like he was an actor that if a movie came out, like you saw a trailer or whatever, and they're like, Jim Carrey's in it. It was like, oh, I want to go see it. Or, oh, like, it's all my yeah. list. Like, this, like, it's got to be good because Jim Carrey's in it. And, and they weren't all great. But I do feel like yeah. I did my best to follow a good part of his career and I and I did really like that with him he started off very comedy like you know that was mm-hmm. his thing and then he started getting into other 
like genres like he has yeah. done some other very really interesting ha- roles he really has and I obviously like the big the big thing for me is his comedy because mm-hmm. wasn't he like in, wasn't he an in internal sunshine yeah I think mm-hmm. I think I I vaguely remember that one um but it was really weird seeing him in that kind of a role because right. it's completely opposite mm-hmm. and it's almost just kind of how like Robin Williams had done the same thing too like he you you knew him the majority wise from comedy mm-hmm. but then he he did step into other other roles and it, it kind of was almost like oh okay well, yeah. this person actually has a wider range exactly um, yeah I still like I said I still enjoy going back to the the mask like again that's going to be like the main focal point for me with Jim Carrey is the mask like that is when I think of Jim Carrey that's what I think of yeah I would have to agree and I think if you said that to anyone I think I think that they would know what you're talking about like even Mm -hmm. if they didn't grow up in the 90s and that's not I I feel like that's such a such a like unique well-known character Mm -hmm. it's I don't know there's it's it's so cool like that movie is so different and it's before it's time like I just thought that it was so creative in the way that they did it and it's also very heavy improv Mm -hmm. and that's I mean like I guess this is I I didn't know this but it's based off of a dark horse comic book Mm -hmm. series well yeah and that's like I know it's not like necessarily the same thing, but I never knew because obviously I wasn't, I'm not a big comic person. And until I got into the whole Marvel universe with, with Loki and that whole, that whole world. And then, then mentioning that about the mass that he has, that it's the same, basically like from the same Norse God, God. you know, I was like, Oh yeah. That makes a lot of sense about how, his character is like basically shape-shifting and how he can do mm-hmm. all these different things i'm like okay that actually really makes sense and is really really cool that it wasn't just some like random thing that they created it actually seems like very legit of a backstory that there could be a mask like that out there. oh yeah <laughs> well that's that's the thing like it, it really is and with um now i've not really gotten deep into like the norse mythology and everything i was more greek and roman um Mm -hmm. obviously because that's what you're taught that's what we get taught in school (laughs) um but yeah the the connections that marvel has kind of kept in their discussions and their movies and their shows Mm -hmm. in regards to loki odin all of those is very very well versed Mm -hmm. and you do see connections when it's mentioned in something else like how they really how it's really stayed on on point I guess um like with uh with Loki's with the Loki Marvel character but then going back to something like this from the early 90s where they're mentioning Loki Mm -hmm. it's like okay so they Obviously, they they built character, like developed um, Tom Hiddleston's character 
and made a more rounded character mm-hmm. than kind of what we what we would normally see but it is still based off of this this mythology exactly mm-hmm. and you see it in other parts of entertainment too mm-hmm. yeah like i said the the lines from the masks really still stick out to me scenes i hadn't probably seen this movie in probably a good 20 years at least oh yeah mm-hmm. and just the the different scenes i'm like okay when's this scene coming up like once you i start watching start, I'm like, yeah mm-hmm. you're like oh okay when is when is this one coming up when is, where is this at in this again like the whole um the cop the cops and they're they're dancing yes Yes. And that scene was actually supposed to be cut. Oh, and really? Hmm, yeah, I why. the uh, the I think it was the director just didn't feel didn't like really care didn't really care for it and didn't think it really worked. But then when they did um testing. had done yeah, they done testing and they um it it just tested really, really well that scene. I thought it was and, a cute scene. Like, I, th- I yeah. feel like it kind of transitioned well and you were just kind of like, what's going to happen? Oh, crap. He, you know, he's surrounded and stuff. But then, mm-hmm. like, just the the fact that he has some sort of power over these people to start getting them yeah. to And that's a this. very low-key thing. Exactly. Yes. I And I love that. Like, I honestly, as a kid, no way got any of this. Like, it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It was just... Jim Carrey being ridiculous and you know just funny and la la la. But now watching it again, you're picking up on all these little different nuances and and stuff from history and things that you've now seen being remade or whatever years mm-hmm. later. And it's like, but wait, that's what they were referencing. Like that, that's what they're. It, yeah, it's always so wild to like to like realize that at an older age. Absolutely, and it's. It is crazy, and it's funny because I mean, this was Cameron Diaz's first movie. I was just about to say that Cameron Diaz. Yes, she actually was really, really good in this movie. Like, I, I, I kind of don't this. even believe that this was her first movie. I thought she was just so flawless in it. And they saw her like one of the producers or directors, somebody involved with like casting or something, saw her walking out of a modeling. Hmm um agency or like a modeling audition because they originally wanted um Anna Nicole Smith yes I did hear about that Mm -hmm. and so I mean hell yeah for her like this this was fucking awesome like I mean yeah I I feel like this job in this yeah this catapulted I feel like her career like this after this movie I feel like she just started being in in everything I mean it's yeah it's kind of kind of crazy to think that something so crazy like kooky as this role would would launch someone's career the way that it did but mm-hmm. I mean both her and Jim Carrey just this movie I feel like was what just yeah and so this is a little tidbit on this which I I will never for the life of me understand the voting for the academy does okay this movie was nominated Mm -hmm. for visual effects Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. Oscar. Yes. And lost to Forrest Gump. That doesn't really make any sense. You're right. <laughs> what visual effects does Forrest Gump have? It, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm like thinking, I'm like, what? I, I mean, I guess I have to understand the definition of their visual effects. Like, I'm thinking, like, the transformation he did, all the different, like, kooky, like, um, yeah. almost cartoonish type things. Like, I kept thinking about um, that Who Framed Roger Rabbit movie where it just, mm-hmm. like, there were people, but also, like, it just seemed like that uh, yeah. the mask kind of did that. And I've even watched some of the behind the scenes of how they created some of this. And it's it's so so cool like I just can't even yeah. imagine the process and that went on behind the scenes to create something like this because it it really was so unique for its time to have both the animated and like 3d or whatever you call the people what do you yeah. call movies 2d I don't know but just like uh, I guess well no I, I get I don't know <laughs> I get what you're saying like yeah. the the more the human aspect versus the cartoon yeah. aspect I guess exactly yeah where like the cartoons would be the 2d whereas a human mm. would be the 3d because you could like see but yeah this this movie was well ahead of its time mm-hmm. and i i still like i said to this day and you know like, what's crazy about the mask is that it actually came out around the same time as your favorite movie of 94 but the mask still beat it out. So that's pretty well, impressive. Yeah, because because the mask was also geared towards Adults. what had a, a, a more adult yeah. audience. So more they could go range. Mm-hmm. by themselves. Yeah. Whereas mine, which we'll be talking <laughs> about in, here in a few weeks, was literally geared towards kids. Right. And so adults went with their kids. But if you didn't have a child... Mm-hmm. You weren't necessarily... Yeah, you were kind of looked at like, okay, what the, what are you doing? Like when when they did the um, like the twentieth anniversary re release in theaters mm. for it, I fucking went by myself. Like I was in the theater, I was like, bitches, don't be like, don't be looking at me. I'm I'm an original here. <laughs> it's everything. <laughs> like I I did, I fucking did. I I think I went to like the first showing on a Saturday, the week it came out, it got re released. I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna be there. I was there with the um, live action, mm. which we'll get to with that and everything, but. But yeah, so this this is definitely like I said, this is one that I mean dates you could have taken dates too. Yeah, and I really yeah, that could have been so a fun date was, movie. It was it was not it had it had a wider range mm-hmm. to bring in, and that I mean that's probably why it beat it and everything. And what did you think of? So Ace Ventura had Courtney Cox as that female lead. What yeah. did you think of her in that? I'm trying because. I so part of the reason I I was I said let's do the Jim Carrey thing was because I'd seen Ace Ventura like two months ago okay was Mm -hmm. and so I'm trying to like remember (laughs) because it's but because wasn't she what was it like reporter why am I why am I thinking reporter on this oh she's a reporter on screen (laughs) <laughs> no, no, that that could be because I watched them both at the same, like around the same time. Give me a second here. Her. Let me. I'm, I think I'm she was. Give me a second. She was like 
somehow connected to the to, dolphin going missing so that's that's what it was because she was looking for someone to help was. but i don't know if yeah if it was a reporter or if she just like ran the team or like was watching the dolphin the dolphin well, care, so, caretaker <laughs> I don't like know. so okay so here here's the biggest thing that i i remember from ace ventura is because it took it was miami dolphin mm, yeah yeah that's like the big thing that stuck in my head on that being in florida but yeah and miami because I, I that's i think this was my first like introduction to miami so i love like ace ventura the character what i the only thing i don't uh-huh. what i don't really love about the movies watching it now with an adult knowing kind of a lot of the behind the scenes shit that goes on mm-hmm. all of the animal aspects of it like it just kind of makes you sad you know thinking about mm-hmm. it like that that always just is kind of like a letdown on you're like oh like oh i love seeing the animals and it. it's so cute love it great but then you're like there's a lot of animals in this movie <laughs> yeah they're oh my gosh yes <laughs> And that's what's always hard for me is, like you said, watching, I I love seeing the animals and everything, but I just, knowing how, how strict and Mm -hmm. how overworked they get and everything. And at this time, there really wasn't any policing on set. I mean, they had like, um, as we talked with Brian on... They did have somebody who, like the Humane Society, is usually was, a part of it, but but slapped people on the wrist. They don't. Well, not just that. It's also that like ninety percent, ninety eight percent of the time, they're just there to say no animals were harmed. Right. Exactly. We we were here. What? Where's your? What's your definition what's of defi- harm? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I exactly. mean, harmed as in breaking something obviously harmed as in mentally harmed because of not getting to eat mm-hmm. a proper meal because they're trying to make you make the animal seem starved mm-hmm. or be that's their training method and i get like i i mean i i've got a cat so i don't deal with like dog training and everything i know that like treats are a lot are big are a lot of times mm-hmm. a big motivator for training but like you, you don't starve your dog just to train her. Right. Do you? I Do you? No, I can never imagine doing that. Like it just doesn't even remotely make any sense. Yeah. I did like how like with the mask, Milo was, he, he was, he was there, but mm. he wasn't like over and like right. too much. That's yeah, they, I didn't feel felt... like they had to do too much with him. Where, yeah, like, and it was know. more of like fetches, honestly. Mm-hmm. It really, mm-hmm. it didn't seem like it was stand here, back legs here, twirl around, right? You do this type of thing. It was more get the keys, get the keys. Find yeah, exactly. The keys, yeah, find that the was keys. probably the hardest thing he had to do was like jump up on the wall, which I'm sure was not even really yeah. that high up for what they filmed. I did like yeah. that scene though. I thought that was kind of funny like not oh, the cheese stayed with you i know like, Gee. <laughs> like you said it sounds the same <laughs> that dog also looked the dog who played milo looked a lot like beethoven's friend in the first beethoven 
the little terrier. Oh, I don't, I don't remember that his friend in the first the, one. The little terrier that like he, when um. Oh that, yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, he kind of re- Milo kind of reminded me of that that little dog. A little bit. I like just yeah, throwing. That I up. like Milo. Milo is good. Here's where was it? I just so you know what's actually funny is that Lauren Hawley turned down Courtney Cox's role in Ace Ventura. Who's Lauren yet, Hawley? She is the the girl, the female lead in Dumb and Dumber. Really? Yeah. Let me see what she looks like. She had been in. Um, oh, okay. I know her mainly from like NCIS. Was, okay. Um, a big thing, but yeah. So she had actually turned down Courtney Cox's role. Hmm. But then, and then came back and later. Did. Yeah, yeah. That's always cool though when they like when they like know someone that they really want to be in their film and work with like the same people they've worked with before and like okay yeah. they can't come onto that one but they're gonna join you for a different one yeah exactly I don't know I mean I don't Dumb and Dumber just didn't really hold my attention I guess as strongly as the other two I and like I love Jeff Daniels like I, I feel like he's he's done a lot of cool stuff but that I just that whole I I already said it like this. I didn't really care for the comedy as much as the Ace Ventura, the mask. Cause I feel like those were a little bit more physical type comedies mm-hmm. and you can just laugh along with it. But the dumb and dumber, you're just almost like, it's like a cringe comedy kind of like, yeah, like, Ooh. definitely. I, I just remember the scene will always, always stick with me. And I think we were watching it. For some reason, I we were either watching it at Friends or we were watching it on our way to Colorado. I can't remember which, but the scene where they get pulled over with the beer bottles. You remember which scene I'm talking about? I may have tuned out. <laughs> well, where they had pissed in the beer bottles because they didn't want to stop oh. or there wasn't there wasn't the and he and he the officer is like let me and he's like nah that beer's okay or something like that but no that scene will always be the main scene from dumb and dumber that i remember really oh yeah because it was just that was just so outrageous and it yeah, was just was crazy. It was so <laughs> outrageous. Oh my gosh. Okay. So okay, give me one second. It wasn't on. Wow. So according to I don't know. Okay, so Jeff Daniels wasn't wanted for the film, mm-hmm. but Jim Carrey wanted him to be in it in order to ensure a no from in order to ensure a no from him, they'd offered him. 50,000 for the role. He accepted without any hesitation, nor did he attempt to negotiate despite insistence from his agent, the film would kill his career. Uh, by 94, the film was Daniel's most successful. Wow. That's insane. I mean, it they is. Origi- like, it really is yeah. one of those movies like you can 
say, oh, Dumb and Dumber, like everybody knows Dumb and Dumber. Like, even if you really didn't watch it, like myself, I didn't really watch it, but I know Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. I know their characters. Yeah. Like you just kind of, you you get it. So it, that's the thing with some of these, these roles. I mean, I think that was kind of the same thing with Jim Carrey. Like they, they were like Ace Ventura, that character is going to kill your career. Like it's just, you know, yeah. because it was so out there. It It really was so out there. Oh, yeah. And just for the horror fans and everything, there are some scenes that were filmed at the Stanley Hotel. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. (laughs) I don't know what the Stanley Hotel is. (laughs) What's the Stanley Hotel? The Stanley, you don't know what the Stanley Hotel is. The Shining. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know it by the name. Like, no, but. (laughs) so um when they were shooting they stayed there um jim stayed there jim carrey stayed there and requested to stay in the infamous room 217 which if you you know yeah (laughs) um about three hours according to a tour guide at the hotel about three hours after carrey went to sleep he came running out of the room and left the hotel to this day he vows to never go back and won't tell anybody why oh interesting Ooh. but it's also like uh, it's jim carrey so he could just be yeah. playing a role <laughs> oh yeah exactly um that's funny and you know what's interesting so they originally offered him only seven hundred thousand to appear in this film but wow after after um it, the offer went in the same week with when ace ventura opened at number one mm. so by the time carrie's agents had renegotiated with the film's producer his salary had been upped itself to seven million well that makes sense almost, i mean almost half the film's budget that's crazy though because you could think like if ace ventura had been released just a couple weeks later he would have just it, he would have taken what been, he was taken you know just just like with the mass mm-hmm but I mean, that's just kind of how the business works. I mean, if you haven't really mm-hmm. established yourself as an actor with any type of range, then yeah, I mean, you're you're not going to be expected to make millions. So it takes a little bit. And like I said, I mean, this this whole ninety four of movies for him just was created insane. this whole this whole world for him. I mean, like he just I don't think any other actor has been able to achieve what he was able to having three movies come out be number one in the same year I don't think it's yeah. been done again I don't think so either that's that, oh. that is insane like actors don't do that anymore they may release two no. in a year but it's maybe usually in that sense it's not they don't have that choice to of when they get released it's just they probably filmed something two years ago and then they filmed something else and then the studios just didn't end up getting them out in time like with COVID and shit yeah. so they got lucky but or it's one of those where they'll there'll be one theatrical release and then the other straight to video or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, this 94 was a good year for Jim Carrey. And I mean, speaking of like COVID and then like with the strike and everything, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of curious. It would be interesting to see what if there are still residuals from these movies if he's still mm-hmm. getting and what that would be because well, like I, mean, I was telling it. you most of his movies are not available to stream for free like you have to pay for most yeah. of his movies so I mean right there you have to think about 
what goes into all of that of why some actors movies are mostly pay and some are out there free so you have to wonder like what does that have you know what does that have to do with like the residual part of it do they make more yeah. do they make less I don't know I'm I'd be curious mm -hmm. honestly because that's that's one thing where it's like okay I mean I don't have cable or anything so I don't know if you I I mean like Ace Ventura used to be played almost all the time every on cable couple TV. of weeks mm -hmm. yes, yeah I agree that um, one was out a lot the mask I mean I the, feel like not as much the, but it so was the mask and dumb, yeah the mask and dumb and dumber were ones that we had recorded oh, on nice. VHS's nice like um because it was like we missed a few like a few seconds because we tried to s not get the commercials mm -hmm. and everything mm -hmm. yeah we those we had on vhs for like for, like our own personal recordings of it but yeah it's it's interesting to think on that front on what the difference is compared to the streaming and obviously like there wasn't the streaming at the time mm -mm. and so there wasn't that to be negotiated exactly. into contracts mm -hmm. and so that's also probably part of why some of these older movies are purely you have to rent it exactly because because of that and whatever studio mm -hmm. that still ha owns it right doesn't doesn't want to lose out understandably because yeah I mean they've got a they're the I believe I mean to to me I would think they would be the ones that would be having to fork out the monies for the residuals I mean and some of these and studios I, probably still aren't even around anymore so mm -hmm. that's a big part of it too does another studio acquire them or do they just you know I mean do they just yeah nothing ever happens do you remember um the cable guy like I know that movie was that like, one kind of freaked me out I don't like I want to watch I, I didn't get to rewatch that one but I do want to rewatch it because just watching the trailer of it it doesn't seem that familiar but I remember hearing the cable guy all the time cable guy this cable guy yeah. like, like all that so I, I know it was big but I don't know the freaking box of it's freaking yeah the the, like, the this creature is it's creepy it's creepy <laughs> i i don't recall it like yeah. i i think i recall truman show more than the cable okay yeah i gotta put that on my list to try to watch just to see if it does spark any memories because yeah it definitely i think was more of like your parents movie that they were watching more mm -hmm. so than it i don't even i don't think it had the same type of comedy aspects like the mask yeah. and ace ventura did so i think it definitely was more of a grown-up movie but it is another one like on his 90s list of movies that i is a standout to me of like i remember seeing that name a lot i remember hearing about it yeah oh yeah like that one was all like was always rented at blockbuster oh really everything oh yeah um, I remember always putting it back out on the shelf and everything. And um, that's why, like, the, the freaking box is <laughs> You're so, like, uh. like, ingrained. It's like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, my gosh, this is this is creepy. Um, but no, I I couldn't tell you the story of that one for the life no, of me. No, I have, like, an idea in my head. But, like, like I said, after watching the trailer, I'm like, what the idea I have. I'm like, what am I? The, yeah. What I have in my head is the Truman Show. 
like I think I get I got those mixed up and everything but that's that's like what's in my head on that that's hilarious so through the 90s and I'm even including like the 2000 movies that he did like 2000 year 2000 because I still think that's 90s because technically a lot of them were filmed in the 90s yeah what other movie of his like stands out to you Probably, like I said um, at the beginning of our episode, the um, Batman. What was oh, it, Batman yeah. Forever? See, I don't know I if think I ever saw that. I'm definitely going to put that on my list. Um, I don't think I did because I'm not a big Batman fan. My my oldest brother is a huge Batman fan. Huge, huge Batman fan. And so we watched all of those. Mm. And he's he's interesting as the writer. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, it's actually, it's funny. Uh, Alex and I were just talking about this the other day because um, we were talking DC mm-hmm. and talking about like Robert Pattinson's Batman. Oh, I like that one. Actually, actually was pretty good. And so how like the Riddler in that is very much like Jim Carrey's Riddler. Mm, okay. But which is more along the comics mm-hmm. and so it just I mean just watching it you can you see you can see how he is very comic comic-esque I guess okay that's probably probably the one that stands out to me the most yeah the the big Jim Carrey ones for me in the 90s was um 90s and like beginning of 2000s mm. was definitely The Mask and Batman. And like I said, I believe it's Batman Forever. Batman Forever. Yeah. On this. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. be, yeah, cuz I get them there's so many. I get them all freaking mixed up and everything. I know there are so um, many Batmans. <laughs> and it's like, okay, which Batman was it? Like actual like Batman Batman. Like who who was the actual Batman? <laughs> That's gonna drive me crazy, because even even in those, oh, it I was think it like was Val different. Kilmer. Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it. Was Val Kilmer, Tommy Lee Jones, Nicole Kidman, Chris O'Donnell were the ones in that. And Drew Barrymore was in it too. Yeah, because she was in with um, Two Face. Mm-hmm. Um, check that one out. And um and uh, Debbie and our our girl from uh, Beethoven too. Mm. Debbie Mazur. Okay. Um. So actually, when do you remember when we uh what was it 2022 when I come down from MegaCon and we went mm-hmm. to um yes. cocktails the, and screams uh, yes the the guy and the two girls they were dressed like they oh, were yes Two Face mm-hmm. and uh, Sugar and Spice okay yeah on Batman Forever nice oh yeah. I love that and everything. Which is funny because I think I had just like rewatched it, rec- like just before that and everything. And you know what's even uh, what's hilarious? Just looking at the cast on this, uh, John, uh, I can never pronounce his last name. Fevero. John. Oh, um, from he's from Iron Man, right? That guy. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. yeah. Is in it. Also. Oh, okay. I'll have to try he, to watch. Just that. he's just a little small, like a smaller part Small-roll. and everything, but said i like i do like chris o'donnell and the guy who plays uh alfred tommy lee jones does a pretty i think does a pretty good job obviously jim carrey adds like that comedic like almost like psychotic comedy to Mm, it mm -hmm. 
the only other movie that like I love from his collection of the 90s mm-hmm. is The Grinch. Like I I, I just feel like he That's... fit that role so well and it just made yeah. me cuz like I can't say that before that I really would have loved the story of The Grinch and and all of that mm-hmm. but then just seeing him in that role it made me just so amused by like what they what they were going to do with it and then it was like okay this is this is a christmas movie that i would enjoy watching more frequently um than other christmas movies yeah so that i was going to mention the grinch like that that one yes i i'm not a huge huge um grinch story fan Mm-mm. but his his role in that i did enjoy I still love, I love the scene where he like pulls the tablecloth and it was supposed <laughs> to make a fucking mess. Yeah. I and, but that. he did it so perfectly that nothing moved. And so he goes back and like yeah. messes it all up. And that was completely improvised. Like he, it was everything was supposed to come off when he pulled on that, but he just did it. It was like one of those little magic tricks. Oh, that you I would have loved to be on that set when that oh happened. And everyone, like, everybody... what do you think the crew is just like? And all of them are probably like, do we just leave it? Do we uh, just move on? <laughs> the, the, the director is probably like, let's see what he does. Okay, this works. And cut. But yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because immediately you'd be like, cut. Right. You're Reset. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, and I mean, just... that's just the brilliance of of his mind. Like, he was just able to improv in that moment and, like, mm-hmm. create something new with the scene that it still worked for his character. Yeah. You know, and, like, that's Absolutely. not something that everyone can do. Because if, if it was someone else who did that and they're like, oh, shit, it didn't come off, they would have been like, oh, let's read. You know what I mean? They would have just been like, yeah, okay. Yeah, they, they would have probably just looked, at, they probably would have looked at the crew and been yeah. like, did I just do that? Because <laughs> that's one of those things where, I mean, it's, it, it's one of those, like, y- you don't do that. Like, mm-hmm. you don't see that. Like, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like, so yeah, that that's one scene. Um, but, you know, and with Christmas having just passed mm-hmm. and everything, I don't know if you saw, this is, this is my biggest, big issue with uh, the Grinch all around mm-hmm. he gets all of their trash right yeah yeah mm-hmm. so where the dog come from that's sad to think about but it's so true it's true but it's yeah the way that and, you just can kind of play it off and, and I, not think about that but that is what they were implying like that the dog came from mm-hmm. the trash like so literally somebody in that shitty town tossed him out it well yeah they it was like a lot of a lot of people do on Christmas or birthdays mm-hmm. they get a pet get somebody a pet either the uh, the previous pets discarded mm-hmm. or they're getting a pet for a child who isn't old enough to handle the responsibility and then when it's up to the parents to take care of it the parent doesn't want to do it so mm-hmm. they just get rid of it like yeah, I hate that I I hate that too I I hate I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. Pets are not a temporary decision. And there's my my public service announcement for this episode. Keep your pet forever. 
your pet, you are your pet's world. They're only here for a short time. These are like, they're more like companions. Like I don't even like to like yeah. say like I own a pet because I don't like I don't like that terminology. I don't like saying mm-hmm. like you have you like own something because it's like she owns you. The, like the let's animals be honest, own you. Right, exactly. Yes. Pets own us. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. Like My cat it's, owns it's not me. the it's like, not the other way around. They own us. Like I mean, because yeah. clearly we bend over backwards for them. If you're a good mm-hmm. animal lover and stuff, you will do whatever for them. So yeah, some people just don't, they don't need one and they, mm-hmm. they should never have one. And I just, those type of people, like if you're one of them, I'm sorry, but you must have a terrible life because you're not surrounded by the love of animals. And that's just sad for you. That's sad. Just know that uh, the deepest depths of hell are reserved for that. <laughs> that's my thought process on that. So don't be like the people of Whoville. Yeah. Be better than the Whovilles. Yeah. <laughs> All right, April, uh, do you want to end this episode on, I'm going to pick one of these affirmation cards from the 90s. And this, okay. kids, is going to be, according to this, this is your sole message for the day or the moment or the week, whatever it is. We'll probably do it for the week since this is a weekly episode. So yeah. I'm just going to randomly do it daily. One. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. This is what we got. Oh, that looks like a little... Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. Yeah, there we go. Tamagotchi. If if you were a Tamagotchi, people would fight over getting to feed you and no one would ever let you die. Boom. Oh, that works. That works so well. That is really cool. And I didn't even realize I was in regards to a Tamagotchi. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And on that note, we will see you guys next week. Peace. Somebody stop me. Alrighty then.